Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio. This is episode 257 for May 17th, 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud. And I'm another one of your hosts, Kaylin. And uh, we don't have a Trevor. We don't have a Brian. Now, I know Trevor had a match uh, just recently here. Nope. No? No. no. So um, that match, I don't know. Maybe it just didn't go the, the way he thought it did. I know like, he was uh, he was sending out some complaints on uh, on Voxer there about some of the things he thought he could improve on. So maybe it just didn't go that well. Mm. I thought he won. Mm. Like, maybe he's just not happy with himself. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Just not happy. like Trevor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hi, Trevor. <laughs> what about Brian? Oh, then there's that Brian guy. You know, when it, when it comes to Brian, I'm I'm pretty sure that his uh, his pet monkey just died, so he's probably just really Aww. sad about that. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know great. if if our listeners knew that he had a monkey, but uh, yeah, he had a one of those little weird. All I can ones. think of is he touched my puppy. <laughs> yeah, multiplicity. You have to watch yeah. it. Good yeah, he, you shouldn't be like joking about his pet monkey though. It's it's very serious. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Kind of uh, All right. What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now they have the SIG P320X5. This one this is really cool. It's kind of like a, a competition SIG P320. Uh, in nine millimeter for twelve nineteen, so one thousand two hundred and nineteen dollars. Uh, kind of like right around the pricing of a of a Shadow Two kind of a thing, and it is like a competition version of the the Sig P three twenty. So, uh, really nice trigger on them, and uh, kind of like all kitted out, ready to rock and roll for three gun or whatever That's else. Nice. Yeah, they're they're a really cool gun. Uh, Kelly, did you want to start us off with uh, what you did in guns this week? What I did in guns this week, I did a, actually a bunch of stuff. So again, the calendar, please, if you know of anybody who would be interested in being a model, uh, we have um, the deadline is May 28th. Go onto the uh, CCFR website and or not the website, the Facebook page. There's a link there and you can go and submit. So any females or males that identify as females, uh, you can go and submit. So. What about uh, guys who look really good in a banana hammock? No, I don't want to see banana hammocks. Uh, no, no, fine. no. Uh, That's not no. about equality. Equality, you would you would say yes. I'm going to file a human rights complaint. Okay, go ahead, but I'm sure that we won't sell calendars. <laughs> I was just thinking. Mm, no, we won't sell any calendars. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to support the women's program, not shut it down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what else did I do? Uh, maple seed. Uh, it's maple seed all, all the time. So we went to, actually it was, our, um, we redid our season opener, um, front neck, uh, back in April, beginning of April was our 
first event, but we actually canceled it because of the fact that it was freezing rain so badly that uh, we pretty much shut down the 401. So we rescheduled it for last weekend. It was a pretty great weekend. Uh, it was 22, 23 degrees. Again, everybody was shooting in t-shirts. I had the pleasure of shooting with uh, a you shooter. Her name is Charlotte. So it was amazing. And she just, uh, she shot all day. She, everything that the adults did, she did as well. She was about nine years old. She was there with her dad. Uh, I wanted to say thank you to Odell Engineering and Arcilla. They supplied the ammo for all of our youth shooters. So um, kids got to shoot for free, which was amazing. Great event as well. Uh, not a lot of, it wasn't sold out because of the fact that uh, with the rescheduling, it was such short notice. Um, but uh, everybody that did come, uh, they were really good shooters and they all were able to achieve their rifle and patch. That was great. It was good. Now, the other thing that I actually did was uh, on Sunday, I picked up my new pistol as well. It came in the mail. So thank you, Adriel. And it was amazing. No problem. It's beautiful. It has a great trigger on it. Mm. And I got to uh, play with the, um, I did get to play with the iTarget as well with it. So uh, that was lots of fun. I didn't get to. Yeah, the, the cool with that thing with that is that you can use the double action, so you can just keep hitting it if you want to, right? Especially yeah. going to pr practice that that first trigger pull on double action. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So it's a really nice gun. I haven't gotten a chance to take it to the range yet, but uh, I'm hoping probably within the next week or so. I have to go during the weekdays because all of our weekends are full with maple seed. Mm. Uh, yeah, I know. But it, I love maple seed too. It's fun. I get to, as I said, I got to shoot with an amazing little shooter on the weekend too. So, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, Trevor. Uh, I wanted to thank Trevor as well because my holster came in a couple of days ago as well. So now I have not only a pistol, I have a holster that goes with it. So. You got your holster before I got mine. I've had my my Shadow Two for like a month, and I still don't have a hol I don't have a holster for it. I haven't actually shot it yet either. <laughs> I could have just taken it to the range without a holster, but yeah. yeah my question: haven't. Where where are you getting the holster from? Um, I am getting one from oh. Red Hill Tactical, but uh, I might get another one from uh, uh, Highlander as well. Highlander, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had, I had ordered the one from Red Hill before. They got like an eight-week turnaround time, which was the wrong move for me. I'm like super impatient. I should have went and just bought, one, a, bought, one just that, bought a Blade yeah. Tech from somewhere and ordered the uh, the Kraken from uh, from Ryan. Uh, I did. I made the wrong move, and I ordered the one that, that takes a long time to get here. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like it's it's the wrong move for me because I'm a really impatient guy. <laughs> And they have to make them, right? So they're making them as they're ordered. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yours is made special just for you with love. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing that I've been doing is I've been contacting uh, businesses, uh, businesses, retailers, uh, different people as well about the charity shoot. I'm touching base with some of the sponsors of the show as well. Uh, so if I haven't, uh, I will be soon. Uh, so we're also looking for donations or anything so if you're interested or even just individuals we're going to talk about the charity shoot in a few minutes but if you're interested in donating to help raise money for the cause this year just send us an email at slamfireradio.com sorry slamfireradio at gmail.com there we go the gmail. Yeah. yeah anyways you can address it to me i'm in charge of that apparently okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what about you adriel what did you do in guns this week I shot a three-gun match. Woohoo! That was fun. Uh, let's see. Okay, so we had five or six stages. Uh, weather was gorgeous. It was 25, 28 all really? day. 
little bit of wind. So it kept the mosquitoes off of us. Oh, oh, can't can't beat it. Uh, go through a lot of water in that heat, but uh, it was dry. And uh, if once you're in the shade, it was fine. Um, let's see. What did I do? I admined. So I set up the tablets and all that kind of stuff. It all ran yep. awesome. Um, let's see. How did I shoot? Shot well on my shotgun. I tried like going a little bit fast on one of the stages, but uh, yeah. it didn't hurt me that much. Uh, my rifle gave me some more issues. I've got that new trigger in it that uh, it doesn't seem like the hammer's resetting. It's like it's it's following forward and it's getting caught like on a half cock kind of a thing, uh, which in a match is not what you want it to do. Uh, so I might try it in a different lower. I think uh, it might be that my lower is out of spec. Uh, and that's causing me problems. So I'm going to try that trigger in another lower. And if it works in another lower, I'm going to take that lower and sell Switch it for a low price somewhere. Because I don't want to have a, a out-of-spec lower that that is my competition gun, right? Right. And because that WK-180 is going to be coming in in, I don't know, weeks, months, something like that. And uh, if it's reliable enough and accurate enough, I might run that for competition. I don't know. So we'll see. Uh, so anyways, that so my AR was giving me uh, hammer reset issues, which didn't actually hurt me that much on the stage on the stage where I had a, like two bobbles with it. Yeah. Um, it cost me a few seconds. Uh, I still like got first in my division for that stage. But on the next stage, I asked, hey, can I swap out my AR? It's having problems. And they said, yes, go ahead. Uh, for as long as you're, you're not switching it for something that's like an open gun or anything like that. So I switch it with my buddies. And uh, <laughs> on that stage, just, I, I had uh, a real weird issue. Um, so I, I shot, I think I got like one shot out of it or a mag out of it. And then I went to the next one. Did I get to my second mag? I may not have gotten to my second mag. I can't remember. Uh, it's, all, it's all happened in a blur kind of a thing. Uh, but I, I loaded it. The round went in and I clicked and nothing happened and I went to pull it out. Nothing happened. I dropped my magazine. I saw that I had a double feed. I pulled the one out. I go to pull the other one out and it came out and it sprayed powder everywhere. So when oh. you when you extract a shell and it yeah. sprays powder everywhere, Not where's good. the bullet? <laughs> it's yes. in the barrel somewhere. Uh, so yeah, rather good. than continue to try to mess with that, I don't even, what's the remedial on a squib? <laughs> That's probably something that gets you DQ'd. Uh, I, I threw it on safe and I dumped it and I, I went on to my other gun. So uh, that, that very much uh, cost me the, the, the match. Um, that, that was about uh, 20 seconds of remedial and about 40 seconds of penalties just from all the did not engages on there. But uh, um, yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's a local so, match, right? So, so was it yours or was it your buddies? It was my buddies. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was fun. To that, he was he was using it and it was running fine. It just yeah. it might have been my mags. It might have been the round. It might have been you know. And he, this is all just factory ammo, so it's not you know nothing too crazy. But yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think he did it on purpose. <laughs> That would be the move. That would be the move, right? <laughs> Break off a shell in there or something like mm-hmm. that. Do something so that uh, so that it caused an issue. Anyways, well, the, 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 the match itself was was a ton of fun. Uh, lots of guys, uh, lots of good shooters, um, lots of new people out as well. And uh, yeah, the the club, the uh, league is really growing. It's uh, it's really incredible. So How our many, what's sorry? That? How many do you have at this time? 
42. We cap it at 40 and then I oversubscribe uh, subscribe by five just to make sure that uh, yep. we're covered if we have any yeah. no-shows kind of a thing. Yep. Uh, so we had 42 shooters nice. and uh, the next match, okay, we've got two skills and drills that are coming up. That's for like new people who um, maybe aren't confident with their equipment or maybe want to uh, just practice and learn more before they get into a real match. Right. Uh, we've got two of those coming up. Those are both capped at 20 people. Um, but then after that, we've got our two-day match in July, no, June, June, we've got a two day match. Uh, and that's our, our big match of the year, I guess you could say. And that's 70 people. Uh, and it's going to have some really good shooters from, uh, we've got some from up North in Alberta. We've got some really good shooters come from Saskatchewan and some from BC as well. So, nice. uh, yeah, that should be fun. We're just figuring out like camping and all that other kind of stuff right now for, for that. Um, and what's that? Do you have corn? corn? <laughs> just make sure you have corn. <laughs> Gotta make sure we got corn. I mean, the the range is forty five minutes outside the city. I'm I I I think I'm just going to camp. Like even though I can drive to my house and sleep in my own bed, I think I'm going to camp out with the guys uh, just so we can hang out and uh, and most importantly, so I can roll out of bed and be at the range in ten minutes, kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hate I hate waking up early. I'm not a morning person. Uh that was a three gun match. Anything else to, worth mentioning? Glock ran fine. My pistol shooting was fine. Yeah. Shotgun ran fine. Yeah, it was all good. Um, we got in a couple of different things for our two day match. One of them being the, uh, the target hit indicators. That I think I talked oh, yeah. about last week. Yep. Yeah. And uh, this That's is it. what those look like. So the, for the people who are listening on the podcast, it's uh, it's a target hit indicator that you Velcro to the uh, uh, back of your target. And, uh, it just exposes this clear uh, rubber kind of a thing that uh, they can get shot up. It's like one of those self-healing kind of things. And it's a really simple, keep it simple style target uh, hit indicator that you'd put on a, on a piece of steel out at 300 yards, 500 yards, that kind of thing. Um, trying to spot those hits really far out is, is quite difficult. You need a spotting scope. Um, and even then, it's kind of like sometimes you, you, you blink and you miss the shot, right? Uh, whereas with this guy, uh, it's it's very clear when it uh, yeah. when it hits on uh, when you're hit when you've hit it, it it blinks quite brightly. And uh, we've got six of those. And in the package, they've got the Velcro strip that you put on the back of the metal. They've got another one of these uh, rubber reflector things. So when this one gets all shot up, it's it's uh, good to go. Actually, I was I was reading some more online. Uh, there was some guys who had just shot a PRS match where the uh, target was hit 600 times in that day and the rubber piece was hit twice. Ah. So they, it does, it does do stay, do a good job of like staying out of the way. Um, and when it's hit, you, you can, you can really like hit these things quite a few times before they're uh, unusable. How much were they and where do you get them? They're uh, 180 to 200. These ones I got from Western metal. I think amazon.ca has them right now. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if, if you've got a PRS shooter in your life and they, they shoot some steel at long range, this is not a bad idea. The battery life on these things is incredible. One year standby. So it's on standby right now. Yeah. Uh, it's got an accelerometer and a microphone in there. Accelerometers for the actual hit uh, and, and detecting the, uh, the hit on steel. It's got a microphone to detect if the shot is a near miss and you can turn that off. So from the yeah. factory, it doesn't actually have that miss indicator on, which is all. Oh, exactly what i wanted oh really uh, yeah i don't want a miss indicator i want it oh, i want what I was wondering blink when it hits don't do nothing blink. if it misses <laughs> yeah yeah i need simple <laughs> <laughs> 
What um, type of batteries does it take? Like double A. Really? A couple, couple. It's got some lithium ones that it comes with. They, those probably last quite a bit longer. Yeah. Um, but they're like non-rechargeable. They're just like use them once kind of thing. So good quality batteries, one year standby or uh, four thousand hit indications. Like crazy battery or, life on these. Yeah, things. good weekend. Yeah, a good weekend. You yeah, that's that's a crazy weekend for each target, right? Yeah. I mean, um, like for a club, you'd probably just get like some Duracells or something like that, yeah. swap them in every two matches or something like that. Like there's not even any point in in getting into this thing and disabling the hit indication because of the battery like it's so efficient with power. Um, which is kind of cool. It is weatherproof, so uh so you can leave this thing out in the rain or any or whatever. It's got two bases, so you can uh basically set up a whole whack of targets and then this guy just like boop we'll go put it on a different target if move you want it, to it, it. yeah yeah very cool yeah. i uh if you're interested in that i've got a video on my uh, youtube channel that uh, that talks about it a little, a little bit more in depth but uh really, really cool. cool i think i might like i wish i had thought about it before i should have bought another one uh for myself because i've got uh a spot uh, at my parents farm where i've got 500 yards and uh, you can hear the hits if you hit it with something like substantial, like a 308. Yep. But shooting a 223 or a 762 by 39 or something like that on it, it's yeah. kind of hard. To, it's kind of hard to hear that uh, that hit out at uh, at 500 yards. And it's a big piece of steel, so it does not move yeah. when you uh, when you whack it. Uh, so I should have got one for myself. Maybe I'll maybe I'll still order you're one. Gonna go and, uh, as soon as we're done tonight, you're going to go and order it, aren't you? Maybe. Actually, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to shoot these ones first. We'll we'll take them out to the club and make sure that they work excellent, yes. and yes. then I'll buy yes. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to go test yeah. first. Yeah, these are supposed to be really good, though. Everything everything I've read and, and seen. Um, the other alternative to these is you get like a uh, a little sending unit that you put to the back of the target, and then you run a wire or Bluetooth or wireless or something yeah. like that to a remote flash unit. Uh, some of those are waterproof. Some of them are very weatherproof. Um, and the the remote flashes kill your batteries quite a bit quicker than the LEDs. Yeah. Because think about like a camera flash, like how many times is it going to flash before you need to recharge your batteries? Not that many um, because you need a powerful strobe that goes down range. Yeah. This is quite powerful, but it's LED. So it's it's very, uh, very good on the batteries. Yeah. yeah. No, it's really cool. So how many did you get it again? You got six? We got six of them yet, which is uh, quite a few. But our, our range is thinking about doing um, uh, some more long range style competitions. And this is perfect for that kind of thing. If you're going to run PRS, like trying to spot hits out at uh, out at range with, uh, with a spotting scope is for suckers. I mean, you just get some of these things here. You ensure that they're aimed correctly back at the uh, the shooter or the, the uh, RO. And uh, it's very easy to see that flash uh, back at that, that indication that you've made that hit. So... Um, definitely the way to rock and roll. And I mean, with some of those other uh, flash kits as well, uh, if you want to like daisy chain up a bunch of them, have a bunch of different sensors on metal plates, they do have range limitations on how far away they can be from the flash unit. Um, mm-hmm. This doesn't because it's just one unit. So again, it's along that that keep it simple uh, philosophy. So very Which easy to... Good for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. saying. It's good yeah. for us. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you guys are doing for the uh, the CRPS uh, matches where you guys are shooting steel like way out there um, with 22s because yeah. I imagine that's pretty hard to hear, right? You can still hear it, but uh, they're so 
Kevin was able to actually set up something. It's an LED light. It, uh, it, it, he it, might've made, did he make something? Yeah. He made a few of them. He made, uh, I think six yeah. of them for, yeah. there's a couple of guys who are DIY that kind of stuff as well. Cause yeah. I mean, the, the actual technology isn't that, uh, isn't that crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's more the packaging, the, um, yeah. Fixing it to the target, the how, like, do you make it bulletproof or do you just do a sensor and a sending unit? And then do you monkey around with Bluetooth? <laughs> yeah. I saw that was one of them was using Bluetooth. And I thought, well, like uh, Bluetooth, like normally consumer level Bluetooth frustrates the heck out of me trying to make it work. I couldn't imagine trying to uh, get some sort of like hardware solution going in and, uh, and trying to make that work. Yeah, no, no Bluetooth. Yeah. But, uh, and I mean, the other thing is weatherproofing, right? Because when you, when you make a solution by yourself, trying to make something weatherproof and so you can still quickly get in there and change the batteries can be, you know, a little bit yep. tough, but, um, my, my Tupperware went missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would do it. Right. The Tupperware yeah, container yeah. for, uh, for covering. Anyways. Yeah. No, those, uh, those, those solutions work really well. Did, uh, did Kevin's, um, uh, did he use like a, a camera flash kind of thing? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's an LED light, so mm. he went. Mm -hmm. Yep, so it's just basic, and uh, from three hundred, you can you can see it. It's good. Awesome. In a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah, that's important, right? Yeah, we tried it. Being able to see it in a snowstorm or or in the rain or you know yes. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean these things are really neat. I I uh, I'm not going to be able to test them because I think there's some guys going out to the range on Friday, and I'm I'm busy then. But. Uh, mm -mm. Um, should be good. Should be good. Uh, I found out why you can't run magnets on these things. Why? Cause they'll slowly jiggle down. If, even if you get like really crazy, great magnets, uh, the steel will, uh, actually wave and bend. If you, if you look at steel in slow motion when, when it's shot, uh, so it kind of wobbles a little bit and the, uh, the target will slowly go down if you're using mm. magnets and something heavy, like this isn't heavy, heavy, but it's heavy enough to where enough. Uh, it would move. So that's the, I guess they tried them and they found out they don't work that great. And that's why they went with the Velcro because Velcro yeah. will hold on and will handle the vibration, uh, quite a bit better than, uh, than a magnet will. Yeah. No, we outfitted ours with our, with magnets. It seemed to be magnets? working fine. Yeah. You guys are just using a small sensor though on the back, right? right. It's a yeah. small one, so it doesn't yeah. weigh that much. Yeah. yeah, so your small sensor is probably like lightweight, and that, that makes it so you can just run it on. Whereas this is designed to like, th that's the whole unit right there. Yeah. It might take a shot as well, so you might want to use something else. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does come with a couple of Velcro strips, so it's easy enough to like outfit a, a whole bunch of different targets. And then or swap Velcro you. What's that? Or you can Velcro you. Or you can Velcro you, yeah. And then <laughs> you can say like, I'm a hit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you need. More Ooh. light. Ooh, corny, corny dad jokes. Yeah. All right. I think uh, I think that's it for me. All right. <laughs> All right. Why don't we on head on to the uh, the events? Can you take this uh, this uh, Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge one? Sure. And so what had happened was Ryan McLean, and it is McLean. I I kept mixing him up with Ryan McLeod. I don't know why, because I'm dyslexic. That's why. So Ryan McLean, he uh, sent us a request to actually post this. So it is the 2018 Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge. It's sponsored by Cadex uh, uh, Defense. And it's taking place on September 7th to the 9th. Uh, the spots are filling up fast. If you want to go and register, or if you want more info, you can Google the match or you can go to their Facebook page. Um, so it's facebook.com backslash MLRSC. 
and or just uh, Google it. Or just Google it. Just why don't you go Google it? Um, and uh, he's also looking for ROs in that as well. So if you are interested and you're interested in working in the event, and which would be really cool because there's some really good shooters there, and you can get some great information for them or from them on your own shooting. So if you're interested, go and sign up for that as well. So either go shoot it, go RO it. It'll be fun times. Cool. I'm, I'm actually going to be signing up to help with the event. Awesome. Yep. Uh, let's see. Let's get into some three-gun action here. Uh, okay. Lakeland three-gun will have an event on May 19th. That'll be at the Cold Lake Fish and Game Range. BTSA will be running their Victoria Day three-gun special on May 21st at the, the BTSA. Northwest three-gun will be running their event May 26th. Chaz will be running a zombie shoot, which is our open house uh, come for burgers and uh, a pop and try all of our different leagues kind of thing on uh, cool. May the 26th. We've got pricing up on our Facebook page for that, as well as on GOC. And I will update CGN very quickly here. Okay. Uh, Mighty Peace has a tentative uh, three-gun match on May the 26th. BTSA is starting up their Monday night league nights on uh, May 28th. And uh, PFI Canada Vancouver Island Three Gun Nation will be running their uh, match June 2nd. Crumlin uh, 2018. So if you're out in Ontario, there's a match on June 3rd at the Crumlin Sportsman's Association. BTSA will be running again uh, their Monday night uh, action shoots on June 4th. And it looks like Mighty Peace Three Gun will be running an event on June the 9th. So -hmm. that'll be all of your uh, three gun action over the next month and a half here. Mm, lots of it and yep. lots of it in alberta and bc and saskatchewan <laughs> actually Not most of the much. ones that i just mentioned there in alberta it seems like it's yeah. kind of like it, it's, BC, it's it, bc's sorry, go ahead. a lot too so bc yes. does have a lot as well i know that uh, brent sent us a bunch of those so but you're absolutely right it is all alberta saskatchewan and bc not so much anything out east you guys got to start up some clubs I know. Get some three-gun clubs going out there. Some three-gun leagues. Yep. All right. Why don't we head on to the news? Uh, I'll take this uh, first one here. Uh, this is uh, this is something on the uh, CBC. After mistakenly letting people buy, buy prohibited guns, RCMP tells owners to give them up. Error allowed purchase of 114 prohibited handguns went undetected for 12 years. Oops. So, and you know what? This oops is like not a big deal. I don't even think they should have like just mentioned anything. So they gave a bunch of people some 12, seven uh, uh, classifications and they were supposed to give them 12, six or the other way around. Where does it go? Yada, yada, yada. All the people affected by the RCMP's licensing error held a category of license called 12, seven, which is a- intended to allow family members to inherit older weapons, such as service pistols, wartime captures and that kind of thing. Uh, but they were issued 12, six prohibited license, which lets them keep the handguns that they own or, or were grandfathered down to them, uh, right. as well as to buy or sell ones in the same category. This is not a big deal. Like 12, 1300 of these licenses were accidentally given out. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, a hundred or so pistols were bought and no crimes were committed. And who cares? They should have just like, just let <laughs> what was the risk here? Guns. Yeah, they gave a thousand people the right to buy these uber scary, uber prohibited guns. And what happened? Uh, You know, probably a couple of people were responsible for buying the majority of these 114 uh, handguns and absolutely nothing of consequence uh, occurred. No, No, nothing. 
Yeah, just a paper crime that uh, resulted in paper criminals and nothing really uh, uh, an issue. So all these people will have to now turn around and sell their prohibs to uh, to people who have real 12 sixes and uh, get them off their hands because so, otherwise they'll have to destroy them. My question is, are they going to have to... Sh- so they're going to sell, right, the 100 firearms that they bought, correct? They are required to legally dispose of them in whatever way they want to um if they're smart they'll sell them right yes yep yep okay so just so the ones that actually got issued the wrong um the wrong classification they'll get switched to the right classification they'll still be able to have the inherited firearm right yes right yeah so yeah. reality is it's only the hundred which is still a hundred that people anyways they yep. should just let them keep them yeah, I mean, what's the like? like what <laughs> all is, these, like, in terms of confiscation, every, all of these guns will eventually be confiscated. There is no way to get out of confiscation of these guns. No. Um, that everything is going to the to the government after all these prohib licenses are gone. <clears throat> They're not issuing new ones, uh, well, except for they are for the CZ eight five eights, but that's mm-hmm. only for eight five eights and Swiss Arms guys, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. This I got. I got. I think this just underlines like a thousand people had the wrong licensing and, and nothing, nothing happened. happened nothing happened turns out gun owners that when you when you have to background check them every day and, and these people who apply for all this crazy licensing when they could you know buy one illegally turns out the people who do it legally are are uh, law-abiding citizens weird huh. yeah weird. yeah mm. all right well Let's uh, keep going here. Uh, North Silva has uh, Norinco CQA M4 Commandos that they've brought in. Uh, So these are uh, the commando style uh, AR-15s. They have an iron sight uh, setup and uh, and they're nice and short. Yeah, they are. And they're Norinco's. So Mm -hmm. good price uh, on them too. Mm, it's a good price. Come on, that's not bad. Fifteen for a Narinka. It's not bad for for a shorty like this. Yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, uh, Narinka's definitely getting some competition from the U.S. manufacturers because you can get a U.S. AR-15 for right around six six fifty right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Okay. Yeah. Looks nice. uh, the next one here was kind of neat. Uh, I haven't seen these before. I didn't know that uh, that, that that this was a thing. But Barrett has these uh, uh, Fieldcraft lightweight rifles. So these are these are definitely uh, premium uh, hunting rifles. Uh, they're yeah. they're quite expensive, but they're carbon fiber stock, really accurate, uh, really lightweight. So um, everything's made of stainless steel. Um, and let's get down. Uh, Chris, yeah, Timmy triggers. Um, all the kit and caboodle. These things are right around 2200 bucks, so they're not the cheapest rifles you can get out there, but uh, extremely lightweight um, and uh, pretty cool. Uh, you can get them in 6.5 Creedmoor, 308, or 30-06 Springfield from Plain Sight Solutions. Yeah, nice. They're, right. they're nice. They're nice looking rifles. I mean, when you, you see the difference between a thousand dollar hunting rifle and a two thousand dollar hunting rifle, usually it's those kind of things. Carbon fiber stock, nice and lightweight. The action feels amazing. And uh, and the accuracy is usually usually pretty good as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you want to take this next one? Uh, so Lark Cart tactical uh the underbarrel 12 gauge shotgun so it's, they're releasing it so 
production will be finished on these in one to two business days. They posted this in, on the 4th, so it should be out by now. Yep. Um, these are their UBS uh, yeah. 12s. Yeah. Yeah, UBS 12s. Um, the buttstock will be machined at a later date, they said. Um, what else? Yeah, it's just a mount for, so that you can put a, an 870 on your AR-15. It's yep. uh, The master key mounts are quite expensive. Um, and this is an, an alternative to those. Uh, it uh, it kind of yep. uh, it kind of cups on the back of the 870 and uh, has a rail that mounts on as well. So right. it's uh, it's a nice solid way of mounting an 870 on an AR-15, just in case you want like a, an 18 pound AR-15. <laughs> yes, they said that looks it, really cool. Yeah, I was looking at the picture. They also said that it would mount on any of the clones as well. So which is good. Mm. There you Yay. go. Yep. All right, what's the next one? Uh, the next one was actually announced on our show first. Uh, this is the WK308, but uh, it's starting to get some uh, some more detail around it. So this is Wolverine Supplies working with uh, uh, Kodiak Defense. Yes. And uh, they have a mock-up of their uh, WK Utility Rifle is what they're calling it. Uh, this is the 308 Big Brother version of the WK180C. And uh, it looks like they changed the design. So it looks like they they took a lot of the 180B uh, upper, but they actually changed the lower quite a bit because uh, on the uh, on the original, the lower was just a little bit boxy and bulky because of uh, the original design. Uh, but it looks like they really cleaned up the uh, the lower on this one uh, because it's a lot sleeker. And if you are following along, I'll show you what that looks like. Something like that. Yep. So. Yeah, very nice. It looks uh, right at the back here is the part I'm talking about. This got really cleaned up back here. Uh, so very cool and uh, will be like really good competition for the uh, non-restricted uh, 308s out there. All right. So for those of you who are not watching but are listening, it, uh, yeah, nice back end. Nice and it's, got a nice, it's got a nice back end on With, it. Yeah. Nice tight, <laughs> Nice tight back end. It doesn't have any bulk or anything. You can get a nice yeah. pistol, firm grip on the pistol grip. Yeah, I like. To be honest, I don't really care, but like about what the back end looks like. It, it's it's nice that they trimmed up this one, but uh, like, I I still think that uh, the 180 platform as they've been uh, using it and, and extending it is is really cool. Now I want one in six five Creedmoor because one in six five Creedmoor would be beautiful. Of yep. <laughs> Uh, this next one here is uh, is Magdump or Spectre Ballistics. They had, uh, and I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They had some SKSs they brought in for the low low price of two fourteen, yeah. And they just brought some more in. So these are the Norinco, the Chinese versions, um, and uh, they're in. So if you want to get an SKS for two fifteen, uh, Norinco one, uh, now's your chance to do it. And yep. uh, I would, I, you know, if, if you're thinking about it, you probably should just because 215 is a, a pretty decent price for those. Um, I remember buying my first SKS, geez, yeah, uh, 15 years ago, and it was 175. So, I mean, the prices on these things like it's gone up a whole 50 bucks. In an, if you think about inflation in that time period, <laughs> it's probably actually cheaper these days, yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. So, definitely take Back a stop. Back in stock and pretty inexpensive. Yeah, two hundred fifteen yep. bucks. Yep. Wild West. We got a new website. Yay! 
their old one wasn't that bad. Like in the grand scheme of like gun shops, <laughs> it wasn't it was, that bad. It wasn't uh, the best and it wasn't the worst, but this one looks pretty good actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's, bad. Uh, it's not bad. I mean, um, again, I didn't mind the old one, but the new one's nice too. Yep. Yep. And uh, finally, the Calgary Shooting Center is now the Canadian distributor for Phoenix Pistols. So um, they've got a bunch of different kinds that the, uh, they look like their CZ75 variants. Yeah. If I had to guess. And they have uh, a couple of different kinds. They have uh, like a, a full steel one. They have a, they have a aluminum one. They have a polymer lowered one. So a couple of different kinds of those. And uh, yeah, you know do you know anybody who shot one? No, I uh, I thought actually it was the Sphinx when I when I first saw that they were carrying them, but then I went and looked at them and like, oh, this isn't the Sphinx. This is something else entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I I don't. Mm, apparently, they come with spiders too. <laughs> There's a picture of them. Yeah. With spiders. They Just... they come with spiders in the box. You gotta like grab that gun out of there. You gotta fight <laughs> the spiders off. Yeah, that's new. Spiders yeah. and. Spiders and clowns. That is a new packaging option. Yeah, I don't think I've uh, I don't think I've heard of that before for uh, for guns. But uh, they're always like innovating over there. So yeah, the ones that come with black widow spiders would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Target practice. Hey, oh, <laughs> hmm. you got to get one of those assault guns that fire salt out of them, and uh, <laughs> and then use that guy right. But. Uh, yeah, why don't we uh, only stop talking about shooting spiders and that kind of thing and get on to our, uh, our main topic. Talk so, about guns. Talk about guns. Uh, I wanted to talk about this one in particular. This is kind of interesting. Uh, there are a whole bunch of non-restricted semi-autos that are coming in this summer. And right. uh, a whole whack of them. Like, wh- Which ones have you heard of? Uh, the WK180C, the SLR, obviously, we're going to talk about that a little bit because there's been some updates on that. The BCL102. Uh, and yeah, there's, yep, there's some new ones coming out as well that we actually have, we've, we've been hit, have been hinted at, but we're not really allowed to talk about. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of really cool ones. I mean, one of the things I wanted to do today was just talk about um, the availability of these rifles, um, where they're at, kind of thing in their life cycle. Um, potentially, like what the pros and cons of them, uh, the the uh, cost range that we're looking at. Because uh, one of the interesting things I was looking, um, I've got like a top ten non restricted black rifles in Canada article on my website that kind of has like some of the cooler rifles out there, and these rifles are really cool, and they're not nearly as spendy as these other ones. So I've got rifles like the the Tavor uh, Tar Twenty One, for example, um, twenty five hundred bucks. Accuracy, meh. Uh, can you use it in competition? Technically, yes, but you won't win. Uh, we've got the the Norinco Type Ninety Seven, same deal. You're definitely not going to win any competitions with that. Um, the BCL One Hundred Two, which um, you may be able to win some competitions with that, especially if you're uh, if you're doing what Jerry from Mystic Precision has done there, and uh, <laughs> I think he he put a um, uh, an aftermarket barrel on his, and he was getting some crazy good accuracy with a six five Creedmoor in his. Um, there's the Remington XCR, which uh, is more of a mil- military rifle. Again, yeah. um, some guys get good accuracy out of them. Uh, some of them were like, you know, needing quite a bit of tuning to to, uh, to get there. Yeah. Um, let's see here. We had the Fami uh, SG542, which is a 308 
again, battle rifle, not really meant for competition, not really like um, accuracy focused. A lot of these uh, rifles were um, of military heritage and therefore uh, the accuracy was mil spec. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like mil spec or okay is usually not fantastic, right? No. Um, some of the other ones that you used to be able to get to, um, like the, uh, the Benelli MR1 was kind of neat. The BNT uh, APC223 was really cool, but pretty expensive. Uh, the uh, ATRS had the, the Modern Hunter and Modern Varminter, which were both great guns, uh, but pr- the price point was quite high on those. Yep. Um, and I think that is it. Those are your top yeah. 10? Uh, AR1EB was in there, but I mean, like that, like it not in ready supply and uh, not like you can just buy one new off the shelf. It used to be you could buy those for like under a thousand dollars off the shelf. Um, but you know, they, the Armalite hasn't been making them for the longest time. Yep. I guess the Troy PAR might be in there, but that's not semi auto, that's a, that's a pump action now. So, yeah, um, so that's what we had. Now, let's talk about like what has recently come in. Um, fairly recently or has been introduced or is in design or in production right now. Um, Before we do, why do you think there are so many that are just being released or about to be released? Oh why? man, that's a really why? good question. Um, I thought I'd ask. <laughs> hmm. Why now? That's, why now? Hey, is it timing? Is it um, that they're starting to see the uh, the opportunity? I mean, most of these other guns were guns before. They weren't uniquely created for the canadian market and i think what you're seeing with these is all but one of them was uniquely created for the canadian market um and 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 the reason is if you want to get a rifle off the shelf that's like an ar-15 it's an ar-15 and in the states it's an ar-15 and all their production effort has gone into the ar-15 and in canada it's a restricted gun uh, so if you wanted something like that, you would get that and, and that's what you get. And there, there wasn't really a lot of options that would be uh, similar to that um, other than the AR-180B. But the AR-180B, uh, as it is from Armalite, has a plastic lower. Uh, the, the hinge at the front there is, uh, is something that can crack or break. Um, the rail on the top is, is, was a $100 part that you had to get off of Stormworks. And it didn't come with a four-end or any of the other cool stuff you can get for an Air 15 these days. So it was uh, it was kind of limited as a platform, um, and that's all changing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. pretty much. It's like Lego now. Yeah, it's 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 you all changing. Yeah. Well, do you want to like go through these kind of like one by one and, and kind of talk to the, the the approximate price point that they're coming in at and uh, okay. and the philosophy of each of them? Sure. Okay, so the, fir- the the first one, do you want to start with the, the WK-180C? Okay, so why don't you start with the WK-180C then? I, I got it on pre-order. I'm, I'm kind of like, <laughs> like oh yeah, I got to get this thing. Okay, you... WK-180C is, is an AR-180B uh, with an aluminum lower rather than a plastic lower. Um, up uh, An upper that is quite different. It's a, it's a machined aluminum rather than f- uh, folded steel. Uh, it's got uh, a forend that can be changed out. The forend that they're that they're actually manufacturing with it, uh, they just released a, a photo of that a couple days ago on the rifle. Uh, it's actually pretty nice. It's uh, it's an M-lock forend, which is the way that most AR-15s are going these days, is with M-lock to uh, to be kind of uh, flexible. Uh, it's got a little sp- a little like window where you could get to the gas system, so you could remove that and uh, um, clean it and whatnot. Um, let me think of what else it's using. AR trigger parts. 
um, uh, an, a, a handle, a charging handle that goes to the left or the right. Uh, the 180B does not have like a bolt release or anything like that. Just has a charging handle on the on the right hand side. This one you can swap it. Uh, air grip rather than the 180B, which the grip is actually all part of the lower. So if you break the pistol grip, you're kind of hooped. <laughs> you got to do some sort of like MacGyvering to fix it rather than buy any of the AR-15 grips out there. Um, and then the one the 180B also takes uh, air butt stocks. So um, all the all the operating mechanism of a 180 and then the rest of it is all using very standard uh, off-the-shelf uh, AR-15 parts, which is great because um, the availability of those is really good right now. Right. So what's the difference between that and the next one that we have, the Nodak uh, 180? The Nodak 180 is based on the uh, the spud lower. Uh, right. So the spud lower is, a, is an aluminum lower for the 180. Right. Um, and then it's got an RWA... Uh, upper so RWA is a, is a company out of uh, Canada here that's been making a lot of re- really cool parts for the AR 180B, um, whether they be uh, replacement parts for some of the things that might break or enhancement parts. Um, the Nodak 180 uh, uses a, a quite a v- bit of a different receiver. They've opted for one that has like side panels that you screw in uh, yeah. in order to get a right ejection or left ejection or charging handle on one side or completely closed off on the other side. Um, whereas the WK180 um, has slots on both sides for the charging handle and ejects on the right only. Okay. Um, the Nodak also has an option for a bolt release that's kind of like a little hockey stick toggle on the uh, left-hand side, which is really cool. Um, and it uses quite a different um, barrel pinching trunnion kind of a thing that's, uh, that's quite a bit of a different... Uh, approach than the uh, the one EDC, which just uses a standard AR style uh, connection. So yeah. um, that's how those two are differing. The price is also quite different. The WK one EDC is a th- right around thousand dollars Canadian, whereas a Nodak one eighty, I believe, the whole rifle was seventeen hundred US. Yes. So the price, yes, yeah, the price is quite a bit higher so, on it. Yeah. yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So you do have the the. A 180C on order the Nodak 180. Your the WK is a thousand bucks. I was like, Hello. yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, I've got uh, I got a soft spot in my heart for for rifles that are that are at a really nice price point. And never mind. Then you sell them to your co-hosts. Not your rifles. <laughs> that <pistols>. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He knows. yeah, he knows. All right, the SLR. There has been a recent update with this, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like this, it's pretty standard. Whenever you're in in design and, and production of a of a new firearm, that there there can be delays because of uh, you know variety of reasons. So, um, the SLR. I think they're looking at a June release right now. Yep. Um, yeah. So okay. June release. Uh, this is. Not an AR. This isn't uh, uh, a t- uses a T slot uh, rather than the uh, the two pin idea with uh, with an AR fifteen. So it is a different way of connecting the upper and lower. Um, but everything else you can put in this thing is an AR. So they're uh, they're selling the upper and lower for a thousand dollars, and then everything else is like you you put it on yourself and uh, and you use AR parts and you're good to go. It's it's not considered an ar-15 it's considered an slr and uh you get all the goodness of, a, of an ar-15 so you get the direct impingement uh you don't get piston driven you get you get all the stuff that you get on an ar-15 so there's some uh, there's some big pros to that um 
Uh, one of them being just like you're using all the uh, all the all, all the parts of an AR-15, so you get to just stay with that standard, which is kind of nice. Um, the cost uh, will be a little bit higher because you're paying a thousand dollars for the upper and lower receiver. Um, but then after that, everything else is like you build it to the spec you want to. If you wanted to, you could go buy a cheap AR, um, pull all the parts on, put all the parts in this guy, and uh, and call it a day. Or you can uh, configure everything uh, to spec according to what you want. What you want, right? Yeah. Switch out the parts. Every, yeah, a yeah. lot of uh, Canadian manufacturers and Canadian distributors have been bringing in 18.6 inch and 20 inch right. barrels uh, for this and for the WK <laughs> and for all these other guns that are coming out. So, yeah. uh, which is really cool because some of them are really low priced options for barrels and some of them are really nice match grade barrels that you'd be able to use for hunting or, or something like that, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, this SLR, like if you want an AR 15 analog, there's your right. that that's there's, the guy to go for right. the price will be higher it's a thousand dollars just for the upper and lower receiver the wk 180c is a thousand dollars for the entire for rifle the entire. but you won't be able to replace the, some things with some of the air parts now the slr right. also uses a trigger box uh, so you won't be able to use one of the the drop-in uh trigger packs you'll need to use one of the componentized ones so think of your geisley triggers and that kind of thing okay all right yeah. modern sporter Oh, the modern sporter is uh, ATRS. Now they're still waiting for an FRT. Um, they're uh, they're making this is not their modern varminter, but it'll be something similar to that. Um, you would expect similar um, uh, features to the SLR, I guess. With this one, they're they're planning for a low uh, production run. I think they're saying like 180 over the next few months, kind of a thing. Really? So okay. they're not going to be cranking these things out. I know with the WK 180C, they've got whatever like 2000 that they're going to be building over the like whatever kodiak thought they were going to be doing like taking vacation or whatever no <laughs> you're making a you're making 180s until until you're uh well until you're until that we have enough for canada <laughs> yeah. but uh, atrs will be making a, a smaller run i believe you needed to get into on the on the pre-order with them they had a like a if you're interested let us know kind of thing and they already have a few hundred people on that um so they're probably going to be selling to those guys. But that'll be another uh, non-restricted rifle that you see out there. And that one uh, should have mostly AR-15 parts uh, compatibility as well. So you can switch things out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think, when like whenever I say AR-15, really just think modern sporting rifle because yep. AR-15 is is a platform of interchangeable parts it's not a it's not a gun you don't go buy an ar-15 off the shelf you buy a 16 inch spikes tactical off the shelf you go buy a 10 inch nork uh commando off the shelf you go buy a 20 inch uh rra with uh you know a, a 20 inch heavy stainless barrel for varminting these are all very very different rifles the only commonality of them is the parts interchangeability Right. So it's uh, it's become kind of like an open source uh, platform rather than uh, a, a rifle of any sort. All right. What about the BCL 102? A you have down here. Um, yeah. So we, we we've got we've had those in Canada and uh, yep. and and they've been selling those in Canada. Those are still pretty back ordered. There's been some dealers who have started to say like, hey, we've got one or two on the shelf kind of a thing. But uh, for the most part, these have been uh, going out the door just as fast as they can make them. Uh, this is a non-restricted 308. Uh, I believe it uses the DPMS pattern for most of their parts. But um, 
you know, like like, with, like anything with these, uh, check with the manufacturer. Um, I like the price point of this one. The BCL 102 is 1600 Yeah, around there. Around there, 1600 for the full rifle. For the uh, full 308 um, uh, semi-auto. Uh, that, that you know mags are really available and uh, and all that all that jazz um, they are starting to sell just the receivers so if you wanted to build your own that is an option as well if you wanted uh, something that was similar to an AR-10 um, again all, also non-restricted as long as you make sure that you get one with a barrel that's long enough yeah and yeah. I do know you're absolutely right they sell them out before they actually receive them as well. So I know that people uh, going out to SFRC, uh, Ryan's keeps talking about the fact that he can't keep them in stock. Usually by the time they yep. get in, they're already going out the door. They just actually receive them and they're being sent out the door. I think that's yeah. like the, they, they, they put them out there at a competitive price. Yeah. And uh, and therefore they they're they're selling a lot of them. I mean, we had non-restricted semi-auto rifles before in Canada, but the price points were quite high. Yeah. Um. And now that we're starting to see some right around that fifteen hundred thousand dollar mark, they're, you know, these manufacturers are selling thousands of these things. Yeah. yeah. Canada, we want them here because of the fact that we have so many uh, rifles that are restricted. So we want. Well, to be, um, like. Yeah, these make for really good um, uh, plinking rifles. They make for really good uh, hunting rifles, um, and they make like. And, and some guys will say, "Like, what do you need an Air 15 for? No one's you know, hunting uh, rhinos with that or something." I was like, "No, I would hunt coyotes with an AR-15. If I had a nice semi-auto 223 that was uh, MOA accurate, oh right. heck yeah, I would hunt coyotes with that." Yeah, because. Um, I've had it before where I, I call coyotes and two or three of them come in and with a bolt action rifle, I'm going to shoot one of those coyotes and the other um, ones, the other ones gone. Yeah. 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 By the time yeah. I reload and get back on target and you know, they're, they move pretty quick, <laughs> but yeah. with an air 15 or something similar to that, with that kind of accuracy, I might be able to connect on that second one or third one for that matter. Um, there's another one here that I, that I had listed off. Uh, that's, uh, that's starting to come into this uh, into the country. Uh, this is the M17S. This is based off the, uh, I believe, the Ar- uh, Armalite or Bushmaster. One of those guys made uh, an AR-15 that was a, a bullpup one. Mm-hmm. And uh, K and N, K and S arms, one of those two, uh, started to make a really cool extruded aluminum receiver for them. Right. Uh, that was really nice. And, uh, and that's, this is what iron guns has been bringing in and, uh, and they're a really cool rifle. Yeah, they are nice little pup. K- it's K and M by the way. K and M. There we go. K&M. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, really cool rifle. Um, it uses some of the, uh, some like air one eighty B style parts in it, but, yep. uh, it's, uh, it's bullpup. It's compact. It's really cool. And the accuracy on it is supposed to be really good, and the triggers are supposed to be pretty good in them too. Because again, this is a this is kind of like a worked on uh, aftermarket rifle. It's kind of like Shelby making a, a Ford Mustang, right? It's just a little bit better than the uh, than the original in a lot of different ways. Right. Although, yeah, yeah still want the Shelby. Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the the M17S is really cool. Now, price point is right around. I think these are two thousand American. Mm-hmm. M17S iron guns. This is the Canadian version, so it's got a little bit of a longer barrel. Yeah, eighteen hundred uh, US is the uh, is the cost on these. So they're right, they're a little bit more, but uh, they're very cool rifles. And uh, uh, let's see here, 
four pound adjustable trigger. That's excellent for a, for a bull pup. And uh, the overall length is nice and short. So if you wanted something that was a little bit more compact, uh, very cool rifle. Air 1AD style bolt carrier with a three lug triangular bolt. Interesting. A couple QD sling adapters. You like yeah. bull pups, don't you? Oh, do I? I, you know, for for hunting, absolutely. If I could have a, a bullpup rifle with a nice scope on it that was really accurate, absolutely, because uh, they they sling so nicely. You can sling one on your front uh, cross body, and uh, it won't get in the way, and it won't like you won't be hitting your arms or anything like that on, uh, on it. Uh, so as a as a slung rifle, they're so nice. Now for a competition rifle, not so much because you're changing your magazine up by your armpit where you can't see it, yeah. um, and it's just not as fast that way. Um, it's not comfortable. I just it's don't, not comfortable, don't. and the sight over bore usually isn't as yeah. good as uh, yeah. as what you get with an AR-15. So yep. uh, it's a little bit more difficult to shoot some of the stages with them. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, like I I do like bull pups. They're really cool. Uh, the next one R- here is the, the uh, yeah, the Celtic RDB. Have you seen it, one of these before? I, I haven't. No, I haven't seen one in person. I've seen one in front of me right now. Uh-huh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no, I haven't seen one in person. Have you seen one in person? No, I uh, haven't seen one yet. These are these are really cool on them. Uh, the price point on these is one thousand five hundred dollars. So. Um, a little bit more inexpensive uh, for a bullpup rifle, semi-auto, and these just started coming in. So the, a bunch of a bunch of different manufacturers ran a pre-order on these, and mm-hmm. uh, those all sold out. And uh, and now these are starting to come into the country. So you can start right. seeing these uh, these Caltech RDBs. Yeah. So they have the the downward ejection. So right, basically, right into if, your armpit. Just if saying. you like keeping <laughs> your brass and you like yeah. reloading it's your brass right, right at your feet. Fantastic. Yeah. Or if you're prone, it's like right there kind of a thing. Yeah. I've heard um, if you're if you're running like load bearing gear or like anything with big pockets on the front, you might end I up filling well. them with brass, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> um, being a downward ejecting bullpup rifle, your uh, remedial drills to uh, fix any problems that you might have might be a little bit weird because you're trying to fix something that's like way up inside there. Um, yeah. So it might be hard to to resolve a, a jam of some kind, but uh, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they are pretty cool. Yeah. So if you get one, let me know and I will help you shoot it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're uh, they're interesting rifles. Yeah. It's Caltech. And, All right. But it's Caltech. It's yeah, Caltech. It's Keltec design, very cool design. Just you know, be nice if they used different uh, materials when they uh, when they make them. All right. Yeah. And finally, the utility rifle. This is the uh, this is the name for the WK three hundred eight. So the uh, Kodiak and uh, Wolverine rifle that's uh, based on the wet eighty. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier here. It's uh, it's got a little bit of a trim design, and they they flat out said this is like just ideation right now because right now they're they're wor- they're working on selling the and making the uh, the 223 version first right yep but it'll be a cool 308 yeah, i was just gonna out. say but it'll be a cool three <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's kind of so it's one of the interesting things about that one because it's piston and it's that dual spring uh recoil system rather than the uh the tube like the uh, uh the bcl or any of the air uh 10 uh variants yep. uh you will you can run a folder on it 
and uh it might be more reliable i mean we're like we're not in a war zone we can all clean our guns after we use them uh but the piston driven rifles should be uh more reliable over a longer period without having to clean them uh than some of the uh the direct injection ones like the uh, air 15 style right yep maybe maybe Maybe. i mean yeah it really depends i mean all this these these guns all need oil to run and uh, uh, you generally need to clean some of them some of the time, right? Okay. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that's like a lot of people talk about when they're when they're releasing the WK-180C, people were like, oh, we need a dust cover on there. It's like, are you shooting in a desert or something like that? I mean, you go like even in my shooting competitions where it's, you know, it's windy and get stuff in there. Like I go do my shooting competition. I get home and you just clean the rifle and then it's fine. <laughs> Don't like if I was going to go into the, the desert of Iraq, uh, I'd probably want a dust cover on my rifle because I want to, you know, I'd be uh, hiking around with it for days on end and I don't want dust getting in there and stopping it up. But uh, here in Canada, like as a consumer, like a end consumer kind of a thing, I don't feel the need for that kind of stuff. Well, I've been to some ranges where it's been pretty sandy, pretty dusty. Flossy yeah, sandy. yeah, it's so high. Like my, Milo's pretty, uh, pretty gravelly and pretty sandy too. But I would have no problems shooting there for a day without, uh, without dust, the cover. dust cover. But they look yeah. cool. They do look cool, and you can get cool <laughs> ones that say things on them. Yeah, like it says Plan A when it's closed, and when it opens up, it says Plan B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I it's guess that's you know what you now look. you have. It's just yeah. like the uh, the Glock uh, plate that you put at the back <laughs> there. You have to get one because you have to engrave it and personalize it. <laughs> right. Do you have one? A Glock? No, the, ba- the back plate for your Glock. Oh, yeah. It's just regular. I'm I'm a very, like, Plain. other than painting my guns so I, I can find them on the rack, everything else is pragmatic on them. It's all stuff that I, I do for shooting. That's why... Um, like you my three gun shotgun looks nasty. Like the loading port on it is like, oh my god, that's not polished whatsoever. Because polishing does nothing to the overall performance of it. So why do I care about Paul about doing that final polish? I could put two hours into polishing the uh, loading port and make it sparkly, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Anyways, I was just gonna say, but you do make some really cool three D parts that you throw on the rifles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you do. For function. For function. Yeah. No, they're not. For oh, oh, wait. Some no. Yeah, well, I know the one you're thinking <laughs> of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. But you do. Cool. Yeah. Every once in a while, just throw something. Um, the uh, I know Trevor has the back plate for his Glock. I think Matthew does as well. So we, both you and I, don't have one. So we'll have to get one. Mm. All the cool kids have it. We're not cool kids, apparently. I mean, if I used it in a competition, maybe I'd maybe I'd epoxy on some sand to it or some some of that cal- that cut the silicon carbide or something like that. Sprinkles. But, uh, yeah, make it all glittery and stuff. But uh, if it's not if it's not functional, I don't know if I care. Oh come on, sure you do. Give me a no. No. I want a sandwich. I don't even, know. <laughs> even the silicon carbide job I did on my Glock was like max two hours it was a two-hour job if i really wanted to make it nice i should have put like four hours into it but i don't care (laughs) i used right angles on everything if i if i took the time on it i would have made it like all swoopy and angly and 
are artistic and maybe symmetrical, maybe symmetrical. It's a Glock. <laughs> it's a, it's a competition Glock. It's made yeah. to be shot. I'm going to beat the heck out of it. And I don't care what it looks like. I care that it functions reliably and it's got a, a super grippy uh, grip on it. And uh, it's got that in spades. <laughs> I think it actually looks pretty cool. So it's uh it's attention seeking on the range people are like ah oh, there's the glitter glock, <laughs> the glitter glock. <laughs> you should have done yeah. that something like turquoise or something oh i've got this green stuff here i uh, this this is a uh, a green silicon carbide that i got from china uh mm-hmm. which apparently they use more coke in it or something i don't know and uh of course appara- <laughs> yeah I, I don't know it's green <laughs> <laughs> so I tried that on my uh, on my shotgun because it like the foreign it need a little bit of grit, so I used that stuff. And I don't really like the green. I don't think I'd do that again. I'd probably use the regular black stuff again, even though it's like like much more coarse and it's like holding on to gravel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's check our YouTube version just to see if there's any listener. Uh, sorry, did uh, were there any other rifles that you could think of that are coming out in the in the summer or spring here? No, I do know that there's a couple that are coming out, but we're not really allowed talking about them. So. TBD. I don't know. To be announced. To be, to be announced. TBA. There we go. So we're hoping to try and get some information on that soon or have somebody on if they'd ever get back to us. All right. Cool. So why don't we do YouTube listener feedback? Because I don't uh, have it. Let's see. I got it up. Okay. Yeah. Craig May is listening to us on the hey, road. Craig. He says that Kev's lights worked great. Yep. Uh Mr. Mac Michael says, love your show. Angel's the best. He wants a 12.6. So does everyone. Uh, <laughs> he wants a 12. Everyone. Everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, Should have bought my CZ858 then. LOL. <laughs> yeah. An 858 would make it easier to get one of the versions of the 12. But all that's going to give you is the ability to buy more 858s. And then. Yes. Then what? Then yeah. what? What do you do with your prohib 12, like 858? You can't take it out to shoot anything unless maybe it's the range. Maybe if they let you. I don't know. if Are they going to let us? I don't know. It's all like I don't know. TBA. Okay. Any other feedback? Uh, nope. That's it for YouTube. All right. Uh, let's we go, go to listener. To... Yeah. Uh, listener feedback is sponsored by Highlander Tactical. Go to highlandertactical.com to check out their uh, great supply, both inside and outside of the waistband holsters today. Use the promo code SLAMFIRE at checkout to save 10% on your order. Perfect. Awesome. The first one we have is from Ian. He says, hey, guys, just thought I'd let you know the SFR patch and sticker came in after I sent you the nasty gram reminder. I'll wipe the spit from the edges of my mouth. As per your suggestion, I'll even cancel the anthrax letter. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I put on my extra special dress shirt just to send you a fan pick. It was either this or my clown suit. Since I couldn't guarantee Trevor would open the email first, I went with the retro look. Thanks for all the hard work, everyone. Keep up the great content. Maybe even keep Brian around from Ian. That's nice. But it's Brian with Y. So... Are we keeping Brian with an I or Brian? With I thought a... it was Brian with a B, like Briab. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, Am I no. wrong? I'm not Briab. Briab. Okay, let me uh, let me share Ian's picture here because he sent it in. Boom! There you go. <laughs> yeah, I have the exact same T-shirt, but not the exact same look he has. No, it's a it's a different look, but yeah. Can yeah. You... Oh yeah, T-shirts got shipped yesterday. 
So oh, they're they? on the way to my place. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So those so, should be coming from in China. Uh, no, from the U.S. Okay, so relatively quickly. Yeah, last time they did this, it showed up. I would be surprised if I don't have it by Monday. Okay. Which means awesome. I need to look through the Patreonies and figure out who to send a t-shirt to and start mm -hmm. emailing about sizes. Oh, it's going to be so much work. Ian, do you need any t-shirt apparently to... He does. He's got yeah. like that ancient CRR yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. he needs a new t-shirt. I need a new t-shirt. Yeah. Do you want to take this one from Steven? Okay, it's from Steven. He says, I just started listening to Slamfire Radio and really enjoy it. Well... Thank you. Uh, I've been thinking of doing a three-gun competition and found out I need to take a black badge course. Uh, I've heard you say that you need to practice with dry firing your pistol. I've always been told never to dry fire a firearm ever. Uh, do you use snap caps when you're dry firing? What else should I practice before taking the black badge course? Uh, I've Googled things, but I'm a little on the new side of pistols to fully grasp what I should do. Uh, if you could point me in uh, to a good YouTube video or website, or even if you could go over it on your podcast or in the past episodes, that would be, uh, that would really help. Also, have you, or could you go over some of your firearms that you use and why you like them over everything else? Thanks and keep up the great work. So does he really need his black badge course if he's going to be taking, uh, doing a three gun competition? Yeah. I mean, it depends on his club. Some of the clubs might want it just for to show like a is. little bit of competency. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So if I'm I was sure. gonna if I was gonna go and do a three gun competition out at Chaz, would I actually have to show them that I have a black badge? Absolutely not. Okay. No black badge required. Um, now, if you are gonna go for your black badge, heck, go for it. It's a, it's a great course and uh, uh, really really useful training. We covered this in Slamfire Radio episode 173. Uh, so that covers going for your black badge. I think we recovered it again. We talked about it last week. Did we? Oh, last week then. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty uh, sure it was last week, or maybe it was listening. Maybe it was during that time when I was like listening to them all. But Trevor was talking about the fact that, you know what, it's not supposed to be used as you should be coming to a black badge course. Yes, it was last week. Um, already competent with your pistol. So it's not there to be used as a pistol training mm -hmm. course. However, um, it's going to give you some some of the fundamentals as well. So yeah, and I would I say, um, like, you wouldn't want to go too far, you'd want to go far enough to where you can shoot and reload and uh, use your gun safely. Use like use all the controls on it. Uh, hit what you're aiming at when you want to every once in a while. <laughs> uh, but that's I always good. You you may not want to have bad habits built up on your draw. You no. may not want to have bad habits built up on your reloads. You just want to do them safely and accurately. And then you may want to go to the black badge to like, and, and Trevor's listening to this probably yelling, but <laughs> uh, you do learn a lot from doing your black badge and you may want to learn from the instructor at your black badge, how to properly do a draw, how to properly um, grip the pistol and all that kind of stuff. But that right. like, you definitely don't want to show up to your black badge and be a danger 
or not be able to shoot what you're aiming at or have problems like operating your gun. You should be able to reload. You should be able to cycle the action. You should know where the slide lock is, the safety, if it has one, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's uh, got a couple of other questions kind of built in here. Um, yeah. dry never firing. dry fire your pistol. Um, I dry fire. Do you drive? Lots. Like, oh, and and all, oh, the, all the, all the, all the, really competitive ipsic shooters will all dry fire their dry pistols fire. lots like every day dry yeah. fire their pistols if they really want to stay up on top of their game now he's talking i think uh 22 caliber um some rifles 22 caliber you can't do it you have to have a magazine and but pistols yeah yeah dry fire. um yeah you would you don't want to dry fire your 22 because um uh, a lot of them, the firing pin will start to hit if, if yep. that's your breach. The firing pin hits the edge of it and will slowly peen it out and uh, may cause a ridge or may break your firing pin. Um, right. Some of the modern 22s don't care. Uh, your Ruger 1022 is fine to dry fire. Yep. Um, your pistols, your 9mm pistols, your modern combat pistols are all fine with dry firing, yep. it, 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 like 100% fine. Uh, so that stuff's all fine. You don't need snap caps for those. Uh, if you are going to dry fire a 22, you may want to use a snap cap. But yep. uh, for the rest of this stuff, you don't. No, you're good. Yeah. Just um, like in prep for doing dry fire, you definitely want to lock your slide to the rear. Check all the magazines in your area. Make sure they're all really empty. Make sure that the the dummy ammo that you have in your area is all really dummy, dummy ammo. ammo. And make sure that you don't have any live ammunition even in the vicinity because you don't want to, um, I don't know, like fill a magazine for the match and then forget that that's your, your real quote unquote like match magazine and, and end up yeah. using that and, you know, icing your, your monitor, p- putting a hole in your monitor kind of thing, right? Or your wall, or something works, or a wall. right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, dry fire is a thing, and yes, it's okay. And all the um, uh, really good pistol shooters will all be doing a lot of dry fire practice because uh, that trigger press is so important in uh, in pistol shooting. Right. Uh, so definitely do that. Um, in terms of prep for the Black Badge course, I would go to Slamfire Radio episode one hundred seventy three uh, for like a full list. We talked about prep and practice last uh, last episode. Um, yep. we've got even more on 173. So let's take a listen to a couple of those because, uh, yeah, we've got some, uh, some good stuff there. Right. Yep. Take a course, the fundamentals course beforehand too. So for example, if you are in Alberta and, uh, take the Ferlaci course or you can, I took one with, uh, Rick Woods. I do know that, uh, there's some, there's some all over the place. So take a, take a fundamentals course and then start building upon it. That's, yep. that's my advice. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, like the the course itself will will give you some really good basics as well. So um, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, if you'd like to, uh, did we answer all those questions? I think so. Uh, what were your yeah, favorite well, guns? Oh, ah, cool. we can we can hit that up on a different uh, podcast. We've hit that a couple of times, and it would be interesting to hit it again, but uh, uh, maybe on a different episode. Why don't we bring Trevor in? Because like he's like you know a gun. Maybe on an episode we need to kill like 45 minutes on. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, we don't have any iTunes reviews or any other uh, online podcast reviews, but if nope. you'd like to uh, head on over to iTunes. And if you can't stand iTunes, go over to uh, Beanstream, Beanpod. 
Beanpod. Beanpod. Beanpod or uh, Pocket Casts or Podcatcher, Podbean, whatever thing you've got there, and uh, review <laughs> us. It just helps the show get uh, get seen a little bit more and uh, helps more people find us. Right. Kelly, do you have any shout-outs? I do. I have one for Brian with a Y. It's happy birthday. Today's his birthday, so I just wanted to say happy birthday. And also to Trevor and Adriel, thank you for sending my uh, gun and my holster. And you guys are all going to get five-star ratings because you guys are awesome. Oh, yeah. Ratings on CGN. Yeah, I need one of those. Okay. Yeah. I can go and do one. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you one, too. That's the that's the whole <laughs> idea with this thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> we should probably talk about that off air. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, any other uh, shoutouts? No, that's it. That's it for me. Awesome. Uh, we have 92 Patreon supporters. Uh, yeah. Our Patreonies get uh, extra content. Uh, they get stickers and patches and whatnot in the mail when I remember to mail it out to them and they send in their address. <laughs> Especially and- that address part. I need that. Um, and uh, for some level, we're going to start mailing out some T-shirts to you guys as well. Uh, if you want to be uh, a Patreon, a Patreon, and support us, go to Patreon.com/slash/SlamFireRadio, or go on our website SlamFireRadio.com, and uh, we've got like a button on the left-hand side or something like that that says Patreon on it. Pretty easy. Very easy. Yep. It's so easy. I joined as well. Us. Yeah, I'm supporting us. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how it's supposed to go, Kelly. P- other people are supposed to be supporting us. We're the ones doing the podcast and putting in the hours to produce it and edit and all that kind of stuff. And well, you just fun. wanted to support it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Okay. Okay. Hey, if Ke- Kelly is supporting Kelly, come on, guys. Some of you can support Kelly as well. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly supports herself. We support uh, yeah, herself. I'm not too happy lately, so I just need to go and amend my contribution. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, please join one or more of our na- national firearms associations, such as the CCFR, the CSSA. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like uh-huh. us on Facebook. And uh, hit us up on uh, Reddit. Um, I'm on Reddit. Kelly's on Reddit. We're usually yep. over on uh, Canada Guns. And uh, that's a, a great little community as well uh, over there. A little bit of an alternative community. Um, lots of, uh, these days, lots of, uh, of funny memes and that kind of thing. That's mostly what they post. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the top of the week, usually it's stuff that has nothing to do with anything. And it's just yeah. silly memes that are funny. <laughs> my dog. Look at my dog. He's wearing clothes. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, people taking a picture of the gun and there's something weird happening with their feet. They're showing their feet and their hardwood floor. <laughs> And uh, that's that's a that's a thing now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's hilarious, and uh, at the same time, I love it. I love that weirdness. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks for watching, folks. So, if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. Now, go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.